the community, Inspire Radio. What a pleasure to have you in the studio. Hi, Grant Robinson. Welcome to Coffee with Cara. Hi, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to our chat, but not as much as I was looking forward to my float last week. (laughs) Did you enjoy it, did you? I absolutely loved it. So listeners, this was a first for me. I'm sure you've all heard about um, going and having a float in a float tank. Um, I had heard about it, but to be honest, I didn't consider doing it myself until a girlfriend bought me a gift voucher to come along to Revivify Clinic and enjoy this. And she said, look, give this a go because I want to know what it's like and I'm too chicken to go and do it. Mm. (laughs) So she bought me the voucher. I had a wonderful, wonderful time. But that's... uh, uh, that's a whole nother story. It's not what Revivify is actually there for. It's just a beautiful add-on to the actual core business that you do. We're going to hear all about that. What I'd love to do is uh, let listeners hear from you a little bit about your background, your business journey. How did you get to open the clinic and provide all of the services, not just uh, the float tank? That's actually a fantastic question. So uh, a little bit about myself. I'm in my mid-30s. I've been a business owner for roughly two years. Mm -hmm. We've been trading for roughly 12 months, but my background is actually uh, telecommunications. I've always worked on a Telstra contract since I was 15 years old, so I come from a very uh, large construction background. But it was kind of the journey um, that my life took in the last sort of seven to ten years that sort of led me to, I guess, the passion of helping others. So... uh, yeah, so seven years ago or eight years ago, I was involved in a pretty heavy accident. What happened? I, I was run over by a car. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't read about it very often, but it did. Did it happen? Um, it was a bit of fault from both sides. I want to know first thing: Did you have on clean underpants? I did. But, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered anyways, to be honest. <laughs> because let's face it, that's what your mother has told you since you were little. You might get run over by a car, and you need to have clean underpants. You on. know what? She never told me that. I'm going to ask why she never said that. To me. <laughs> so, I mean, my mother always said you might get hit by a bus, and you should have clean undies on. Absolutely. Yeah. No, she never told me that, but I will follow that up. Thanks for that. <laughs> so you got hit by a vehicle. Yeah, I was walking home from a venue on New Year's Eve one night with a couple of friends and we couldn't get any public transport and it was yeah. really, really early in the morning. Um, so we decided to walk. Yes. Uh, the quicker we got home, the better, more sleep we were going to get. And this is going back, you know, eight, nine years ago now. Yeah. Um, and on the way home, I was collected by a car, which unfortunately led me to break my legs and you know, die a few times and I went through the full experience, no. you know, the, the trauma ward, the ambulance ride up there, the seven surgeries in seven days, the died a few times, weren't to walk off a wheelchair, the whole kit and caboodle. No. So, and this was here uh, This was local. This was in, Yes, at Secret Harbour. That's oh. where it actually happened. Okay. So that was a, a massive turning point in my life and then I guess that's what led me to accessing these services and actually living life um, as somebody who lives with a disability, which I had had never ex- any exposure in the past. Okay. So that was a massive wake-up call, and that was, I guess, the foundation of where my journey started way back then. Um, and you, bro- you broke both your legs? Yeah, Scott? tip and fib, both legs, yep. No. Mm, it was a it was a massive experience, but believe it or not, I wouldn't take it back because it is the very thing that has led me. And you're a young time. man, you're in your 20s. I and was 25 then. And yeah. suddenly you find yourself... Totally incapacitated. Yeah, and at that point, I was unstoppable. So it was it was very much, you know, you never thought about anything like that happening in your life, and, and unfortunately it did. So it was a, a big shock to the system, but again, I, I wouldn't take it back. It, 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 I guess, provided me the perspective that I needed as a young 20-year-old, um, okay. early 20s, to sort of know that life can go very quickly. 
Um, in one sense, if I look at it as a positive, I say I'm very fortunate for going through that experience because it mm. has. It really put me um, onto a level playing field and gave me some perspective that I don't see. Don't think a lot of people would see without a traumatic experience like that. Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, that was where it kind of started way back then. And at that point, I was still working construction and. You know, I was very much the get up at 4.30 and get home for 6.30 and that was my life. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't come out of the accident and think, gee, I'm going to open this fantastic facility. It was what sort of came over the next few months, or sorry, years even, of yeah. me accessing these services and seeing, you know, what people can do for other people and how much help and stuff is accessible to anybody. And that was quite impressive for me, but it didn't come without its challenges. So, yeah. Um, over the several years following that accident, I went through some pretty intensive rehabilitation and, you know, with learning to walk and access to physiotherapy and remedial massage and all these things that come together mm-hmm. that your body needs to come from that. That was where the challenges arose. And one of the biggest things that I found is you, you were driving from place to place all the time and you found someone that you gelled with or you had to go somewhere else and then, you know, you couldn't get in with that person as quick as you needed. And it just it just kind of triggered something in my mind of, gee, you know, this is hard for people that, that go through this sort of thing and, you know, these people that are giving back to me, I was so incredibly appreciative for. And, and, and that's exactly where that fire started to burn. Yes. Um, you know, and I went through that rehabilitation process and I learned to walk and I done all that, you know, cool stuff, which I, I don't need a, you know, a pat on the back for or anything. It was just something that I had to do. Um, but then I, I started to watch people that were going through this same sort of thing. And there was one gentleman in particular, he was a young kid, um, I guess sort of circling back to the hospital experience. I got to know the nurses really well. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on and uh, several years passed and I wanted to sort of give back or help where I could without any sort of training in, in helping people or anything like that, I just contacted the hospital and sort of said, hey, this is what I want to do. I'd love to come in and speak to people if I can, if anything, just to give them someone to talk to. Mm. And I wasn't actually allowed just purely because, you know, I was never trained in that field. However, if somebody heard about my story and requested me to come in, then they could. And that's exactly what happened. This particular gentleman went through nearly an identical accident, the same as I did, and he was probably a little bit worse off than I was in terms of his injury that he'd suffered. Um, And I was contacted by the father who was desperate for anybody to come in and help because his son was in this trauma ward for for weeks on end and just wasn't responding. He wasn't getting any better. He felt very flat. Um, So I... And that, just to interrupt you, that feeling very flat, that actually could start to embed itself as depression, Absolutely. the loss of self-esteem, the Absolutely. loss of confidence. My life as I know it has stopped, has changed. Absolutely. Where do I go from And I think here? a lot of that is the fear of what's to come and the potential of what isn't to come. I think that yes. was where I sort of found. I mean, when I had my accident, they told me some scary things that I was, wasn't going to walk or function the same again and, yeah. you know, that I had this big road ahead of me and they have to do that. But at the same time, it's it was scary. Yeah. So, you know, I responded positively to that mm. um whether that was a you know a reflection of myself i don't know where this particular person wasn't so the, the gentleman's dad asked me to come up there and have a chat with him just to see if he could get any response out of him or anything anything that yes. could help and to cut a long story short i actually went up there and i was extremely apprehensive and i was very nervous and it was bringing back a lot of the emotions that i'd felt through my accident um uh, recovery process and I, was, yes. I, I met this young kid and, and like i said i was very very nervous and I was talking to this kid and, and he wasn't really responding. He he was very blank. He kind of looked up at the ceiling and looked around a little bit, but he was definitely not yeah. by any chance any engaging and any engagement from him at all. So I actually took up some of my photos and reports and I had no idea what I was yes, getting into. Yes. So I then put him on his lap and I started speaking to this this young kid and 
um, he actually picked up a few of my photos and realised that I was in very much the same position as he was currently in, but several years earlier. And it was that very thing that by you know the end of that conversation, which was all about 40 minutes, he was sat upright and he was completely engaging with me. Isn't that amazing? It absolutely was. And what I can't describe anymore was the, the feeling of reward I got from that. I was extremely emotional too. Like I can't even uh, begin to explain you know, how I was feeling at that time without any anticipation for that. I didn't know what was going to happen. But you'd completely touched his life. Absolutely. Grant, I'm so excited by your story and uh, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. We're going to take a very, very short break. Cool. This is Coffee with Caro. I work in human resources and I remember one day observing my manager who was supporting an employee who was having a mental health crisis and my manager had such confidence to support this employee and get them to seek professional help and when the employee was safe we had a debrief and my manager said to me that she gained the skills to have that conversation through the mental health first aid training program and that's when I decided that I too wanted to be a mental health first aider and I booked on to the next course. I'm a mental health first aider. I am one. I am one. I am one. I am one. Be one too. For more information, contact Passionate Lives on 046 777 1416. Station sponsor of Inspire Radio. So Grant, you were busy sharing with us that you're now going up to the hospital and you're helping to mentor try and unlock and open up this young person who's suffered from the same accident that you've suffered in but has shut down mentally and isn't really prepared to engage with his healing. And what you found was that it actually had more benefit for you. Well, it had an equal benefit for you than it had for him. Look, I... First of all, you know, I wasn't going up to do anything. I had no idea what was going to happen. So I was very much in the lurk with that and yeah. it turned out to be a very positive experience. But he helped me as much as I helped him, if not maybe more. So, Fantastic. You know, if I can pull out the positive in that situation is he taught me something about myself or unlocked something that I'd never felt before. So, yeah. And that, that changed me as a person. That, that, you know, inadvertently literally changed my very makeup, I think, because I sort of looked at things completely different. And I was, you know, mid-20s, sort of late-20s or, you know, mid to late-20s, and it was very much in that time of your life where you are sort of finding out a lot about yourself and and, and, and maturing into a young adult. And that, I think, sped it up dramatically. And just trying to decide the type of person um, that you want to be. Mm -hmm. And from that, the business journey started to develop. Yeah, so... So the seed was really, for your business, was so personal. Absolutely. It wasn't like you had a widget or something, a sale um, of an actual item or an object. It was just this thing that grew out of your own passion, out of your own values. How wonderful. Yeah, exactly right. And I've also got a business partner who, um, through my journey of um, recovery with all that, I was very much into it gym sort of fitness environment prior to my accident and then I was very much coming out of my accident but I, m- I managed to meet you know some pretty incredible people along the way and one of them was the owner of a business that I was actually training in at the time who had equal experience to accessing those sort of services that we provide now but through a different type of journey his was not so traumatic his was more based on from an athletic side of things okay so yeah over time we we got to know each other really well and we both sort of enjoyed the same things our values are very close I was growing as a person, so was he. And, yeah, the, the idea came about to create the business that we've got based on the people that we were. We would never have been there if we hadn't have been through the stuff that we'd been through equally. So the 
yeah, again, I'd never take it back. And that experience I had with that gentleman in the hospital, that was something that taught me a lot about myself in, you know, 40 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what led us to the, the idea and the passion has just simply grown and grown and grown for, for a long time after that, yeah. Okay. We don't um, establish a successful business just with passion, though. No. What were the steps? No. Did you create a business plan? How did you see it unfolding? Yeah, so the, the business itself came about over a conversation, as I think most of them do. Um, in the pub, on a, on the no, back of a serviette. No, no, no. <laughs> this was actually in the cafeteria of a gym, believe it or not. Oh, but, well, there um, you go. Yeah, we, we, we had the conversation and, and it it definitely um, resonated with one of the, the journeys that, journey that we both had and, and the, the idea came up of, hey, how about if we create this amazing facility and what can we do that's different to everybody else and how does this give back and fulfil that very passion that we both have, both very much have. Mm-hmm. So that was where it started. Um, from there, yes, a, a lot of homework was involved, a lot of thinking, a lot of thought, a lot of you know knowledge and education that we sourced from the particular fields that we were trying to get involved in. And then from there became business planning, forecasting. Then right at the back of that, at the final hour, it was, okay, yes or no, are we going to do this? And we, we said yes. Yeah. And at that time, did you have another income stream or did you kind of put all your eggs in one basket? Did you hedge your bets a little bit? Because when people start a business, they often kind of, I say to people, be careful, you know, you can't be halfway pregnant. (laughs) You need to either be in or out. And the only time when you can sort of do it halfway is when you have to have a sustainable income on the side, like a bit of a side hustle before you start your new small business. So how did you do that, Grant? Uh, I think I did it the hardest way possible, to be honest. Just cut the cord and jumped. Well, no, I've still got that same income. So oh, I still well, there we go. So now. still, so still I, a couple I of I lit the candle streams. at the other end and thought, you know what, I, I'm going to do this and, and we're just going to go, go, go. And that's what I've been doing for the last 18 months. So I'm still currently employed. Okay. Um, I still have a second income. I'm still very much in the growth stage of this business and I plan to hold on to that for as long as I possibly can. Right. And is that something that you would advise other small business owners to do? Like keep well, some uh, sort of uh, security there? Have I'm, a little I'm, bit of I'm a about banking? lowering risk where I can. So if I can mitigate risk and, and, and prevent something catastrophic from happening, I, I will. So I, I think that's a very case-by-case question. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, beautiful. So tell us about the launch. You Yeah, so we, we had this great idea and it was very simple in the first instance. It was let's have a, a recovery and, and an allied health business where we can have the best of both worlds, offer the alternate treatments, you know, like float therapy that you experience yourself and then add on, you know, very professional services like chiropractic and physiotherapy and that allied health service type industry. Um, that was the, the, the idea. And from there, we just started looking around, speaking to people, networking, and we, we got literally got the, the, the birth of Revivify Clinic. Beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it started. <laughs> so um, the first thing that uh, you and I said when I met you was I said, and it took me a little while to go Revivify. So you don't get everything right. That's all I can say. The name was born from a concept and it was very much a new name. It was challenging the status quo. What we do is different to the rest. Yeah, it's a revival. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it came from the the source and and off we went. But what we didn't anticipate for was trying to spell an email over a phone or... And I'm in two minds to this day. Does it speak to the right people? Is it good? But it's 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 very much a new name. And it's it's for this point in time that you are feeding the family. We're going to go to Stacey Jane and take a very short break. We'll be back with Grant from Revivify Clinic straight after this. 
This is Coffee with Caro. Grant, it's such a pleasure having you in the studio and listening to your inspiring story about um, how you survived being hit by a car, your recovery journey, and then working with other um, patients who had gone through similar experiences. I know how difficult it is to go perhaps from a physiotherapist to go and find a different clinician to help you perhaps with a mental health issue that may have arisen from your injury, you know, be that depression or some anxiety around what could have happened. Um, I know that uh, in my background, I suffered a a situation where I'd um, had, you know, some, uh, I suppose you could really say, like anybody, post-traumatic stress, um, living in Africa and uh, having a business in Africa and then having faced some of the challenges with what that meant in the late 1990s and early 2000s, the kind of violence involved in that. And then only later on coming to the realisation that I may have been suffering from some post-traumatic stress and how to deal with that and having a therapist that was right across the city dealing with that for me but at the same time having an old injury that kept flaring up from falling off my horse and having to go to physio for that and having to go right across town for that again. You've built this business that has encapsulated all of that. Talk talk to us a little bit about the business model and how that came about. So our exact um, business is Allied Health Professionals with the added, added extra of recovery. So we've got um, dietitians, physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, chiropractors, remedial massage, which is all the Allied Health side of things. And then we've got extras like float therapy and cryotherapy. We've got compression, infrared saunas. And what we're trying to do is challenge that status quo and create a place that can add nothing but value back to somebody who is utilising our facility for whatever reason. Um, and, that, and that's exactly what that model is. So we, we, we've got some really, really, really well-educated people providing those allied health services to the community. And then we've got ourselves, which are providing those complimentary services mm-hmm. to those people or anybody who just wants to access it as, as like you did yourself. Yeah, how beautiful. So I literally just popped in off the back of a, a gift voucher from a, golf, mm-hmm. a girlfriend to come in and enjoy a float. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll share with listeners a little bit about um, being in the float tank because I thoroughly enjoyed it. First of all, is it a pod? Is it a tank? Is it a, what is it? Is it a capsule? What do <laughs> we call it's, it? It's all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. when you look at it, it's a nice round thing. I'd probably call it a pod. But if it you want to look so at its definition, sexy. it's a tank. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the actual definition is that, yes, it is kind of like a tank of water, but it is sexier than that, okay? Mm. So listeners, I get there and um, the first thing that happens is you do need to complete a little bit of a, um, a pro forma just to let the practitioners know whether or not you've got any pre-existing issues uh, or anything that they need to be aware of. So that just took a couple of moments. Uh, beautiful environment, obviously lovely warm welcome. And then I was taken through to basically what is an oversized bathroom on steroids. <laughs> That's the only way that I can explain it. Uh, really cool bathroom uh, with a shower, nice vanity and a basin, as well as this very sexy looking black pod. I'm sure they have other colours as well. But mine in the room that I was being treated in um, was black. And it looks like a bit of a spaceship. I'm 
sure you've seen them around and in advertisements. Uh, but this pod was open and filled to um, less than knee deep with beautiful body temperature water, as well as several different minerals. Um, the main one that interested me was the uh, was the magnesium, which I was hoping would help to heal uh, an ankle which I fractured about ten weeks ago. And um, this beautiful lady um, just ga- guided me through the process that I would need to strip down, have a quick shower, wash off any body oils that I might have on me. And then I was also given a headrest and a water bottle uh, to use in case I should get any salty water in my eyes. And she left the room indicating that I would be able to listen to lovely Zen music while it was happening. And that it would either play, you know, just at the beginning and just at the end or for the duration or no Zen music at all. If you're not a Zen kind of person, then you don't have to have the Zen music. I'm a little bit Zen and I thought this whole thing was a bit woo-woo. So I was looking forward to having my Zen tunes um, playing in the background while I was chilling inside this uh, pod. And uh, she also said that it would be a good idea to turn the lights off, which I'm so glad that I did because I turned the lights off and um, got myself sorted. Uh, completely nudie bummed to jump into this pod and just as I got into the pod and I was about to settle down I was like oh no I've forgotten my earplugs <laughs> so there I was nudie bum in the dark stumbling around stepping out of the pod to get my earplugs and the reason clearly why I needed the earplugs is because the water is so so salty that what you don't want to be doing is for days afterwards you don't want to be digging salt out of your ears so it's, it's really much more comfortable to have uh, the earplugs in but Grant it was Fabulous! The sensation of weightlessness, the relaxation, the complete sensory deprivation. And I didn't feel claustrophobic, which I was worried about. I didn't feel any anxiety in terms of not being able to see anything or do anything. And so for the first five minutes, my brain was like working overtime. Oh, I'm in a pod. Oh, I'm floating. Oh, I'm doing this. This is so cool. Oh, the music is so lovely. And I couldn't actually stop my brain. And then I noticed probably after eight or ten minutes, my my, my mind was really emptying, yep. and obviously therein lies the secret. Isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. Floating is actually a bit of a skill. There's um, a lot of people that come to us weekly now with our memberships that we offer, and the the most common bit of feedback we get is, you know, it's not until your third and your fourth float where you really start to get to know what happens, and you can literally get in and get what you need out of it. So. When I reference to that, I sort of mean as yourself, you got in there a bit excited, you know, a little bit, you know, what's going on in here? This is different. Oh, my God, I'm floating. It's warm. Wow. Yes. You know, getting in on your third or fourth time, knowing what's about to happen. They, They get in, they switch off and they fall asleep in minutes. And listeners, it's that uh, it's that switching off process. Don't know personally if I could actually fall asleep because I'm a little bit tricky with that. But um, I tell you what, I did manage entirely to switch off um, and it became a beautiful kind of meditative state where it was very difficult to focus on any worries to focus on my schedule to be considering sometimes in quiet time I'm actually drafting an email yeah. to a client in my head or I'm working on a business plan for another client or I'm working on a job search strategy for somebody in my quiet moments and in this instance uh, the relaxation and the healing came from not doing any mm, of that. That's right. I use them myself for a different reason. Um, I get in and I use that time to think, brainstorm, do the things that I don't get to do in the day when some I'm planning. Really busy with that nitty-gritty. So, yeah, some planning, some reflection. I just plug an audio book in or a podcast or something that I'm interested in. 
and I jump in and I can lay there for hours. And it's the only time that I get that I actually have the time to switch off. And, th- and this is what I say to people, whether you're getting in that for a meditation reason, whether you're getting in that for the magnesium for sore muscles or injury, whether you're getting into it for anxiety, a lot of stuff, that environment that it creates really gives people the, I guess, the tools and foundation they need to get the benefit that they want, whatever that may be. Yeah. It is actually a really fantastic place to be in and super underrated and very much in its infant stage. Yeah. Well, I was astounded when um, my Zen music gently came to an end and that lovely voiceover said, uh, your session has now ended. Mm. And I thought, oh, how marvellous. I'm absolutely <laughs> chilled. That is so good. Of course, um, which was wonderful. I did uh, manage to upsell myself and made sure that I had a hot rock massage immediately afterwards, which was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed That's that as well. One of the most common packages we see is it's relaxation at its best. It's yeah. a modern day day spa. Yeah. But uh, now I also know that I can access all sorts of other uh, opportunities at the clinic as well, and that's where your holistic approach came from for the business. So was that part of the actual business ethic, the the vision, mission and values of the business when yes, you started? Yeah. Yes, it was. Absolutely. So the multidisciplinary approach, the value giving back to others, creating a place that's safe and a facility that's effective was exactly what we wanted to create. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'll share with listeners, uh, clearly I didn't have any names, but I'll share with listeners that as I was leaving the clinic, um, there was a, a, a lady who was actually checking in for a whole bouquet of mm. services um, because she's battling cancer at the moment. She has, yeah. She's, she's, she's finished her chemotherapy and radiation treatment, so she's actually defeated cancer. It's good. She's, she's a, a lovely lady, but what she's challenged with now is, is energy, focus, the ability to go from sun up to sundown after such a, I guess, invasive um, treatment for her cancer. So we're going to start working for her from a multidisciplinary approach from nutrition right through to her musculoskeletal side of things to get her back uh, as close, if not better, than she was prior to, to being diagnosed with cancer. And, and this is a, a classic example of how, you know, we can, we can f- feel that sense of reward having someone make up serious progress with the facility that we've created. And that's that's exactly what we wanted to achieve walking into this. And it's, it, it is. It's honestly, it's people like that that, that remind me why, why we did this. It, it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of work. But it, it doesn't mount up to the same feeling that you get of reward. And this has happened with several people over the last 12 months. It's been great. This is Coffee with Caro. So Grant, you were talk about, talking about really speaking into the lives of local community members and them being able to kind of have a place where they could go and do one-stop shopping, as it were. Um, talk about the values that you embedded into your business plan. What, what were you really trying to achieve? So the very first part of our business planning, and I, and I come from a big business background, I know how important core values can be as an individual and to a business. They work exactly the same. Um, for me, having core values in the business was allowing our providers, people that use our facility, people that work within it or just access it locally, that mm-hmm. they know what they're in uh, to get. So I introduced care, community, reliability, excellence and service to others. As You're going to have to say them again and way slower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Care was our first value. Mm-hmm. Community was our second. I find that those two go together very well. 
Mm-hmm. But like, like, that could be for Inspire Radio as well. That's exactly, you know, care and community, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Reliability, mm-hmm. which I think anybody who is feeling vulnerable is coming in to get the care from the community f- and having a reliable service given to them. Um, excellence, which we try and refer to everything that we do is excellent, and then service to others. They are the main uh, core values that we have as a business, and we stay aligned to them every single day. It's something that I preach very heavily to my internal staff as well to our external providers. That beautiful, we beautiful. And really important that, isn't it? It's one thing to just say, well, one of our core values is excellence, but what does that translate mm-hmm. into? Yeah, right. You know, does that translate in, translate into making sure that the environment is safe and the practitioner is not going to hurt anybody? You know, we've got a high-quality physiotherapist there. Or does that excellence boil down to making sure that the bathroom where you go for your cryo has been mopped and the floor is clean? And that's and that's exactly right. If you want to use excellence as an example, you can tailor that to the service that you provide. You can tailor that to the experience that they get when they first walk in the doors. Mm. Absolutely everything that we do on a day-to-day basis, if we stay in line with those core values as a team, which is mm. very, very important that we do it as a team, then we can't fail. Right. In my view. I'm so glad you mentioned your team because you've obviously, as a business owner, just come through a really, really tough time with COVID. Everything that you deliver is hands-on. It's all touch-centric and it's all very intimate and very personalised. Tell our listeners what has happened to you. How did you come through and how have you survived and sustained the business over the last four months? I think it's important to note that we came through it. Mm. Uh, as a lot of other businesses in the local area, well, in, 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 in Australia, to mm. be honest. Um, how we got through that was very much listening to the advice that we were getting from the federal and state governments, which I have to sort of touch on. They have done an amazing effort. And if it wasn't for the federal and state governments, we would not be trading today. I, I still, to this day, um, you know, we're six months in and I still sit here and, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful for what they've been able to provide us to keep going. You know, Mark McGowan, as a state leader, has done fantastic and continues to do fantastic. I'm a massive advocate of, of, of Mark McGowan. You know, right up to Scott Morrison, you don't get given an instruction manual on how to handle these things. And these guys in a team, um, you know, state and federal governments, managed to deliver the tools and stuff that we needed to keep trading. Absolutely. We we were talking to both Mark McGowan and even at a local level, um, last Monday I was talking to Barry Samuels, the, the Mayor of Rockingham, and Barry was saying that uh, they had taken every single precaution to make sure that they started with their own business, looking after their staff at the city of Rockingham and making sure that at this grassroots level we kept individuals safe, then kept you know, our families safe and then our city safe and now our state is yeah. being kept safe. And these guys have stepped up in leadership, um, not only in community leadership but in business leadership to, to a way, to an extent where it really has proven to us the measure of the man, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mentioned Mark McGowan. Some of the stimulus that uh, was delivered from a federal government level, were you able to access that and keep the business afloat in that way? Yes, we were, and that's what they did very well. Is, is look at it like they are, they are, that it was their own, sorry, and and come up with an approach mm. and an outcome based on that. So, yes, we, we did access that along, along with every other small business or a medium yeah, business. Yeah, anybody business. who had their head screwed on, we, right? Yeah. We, wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have got through this without that. And, yeah. and that, is, that is why I reference back to the federal and state government because without those people, 
we just wouldn't be in the position that we are as a business and we certainly wouldn't be in this position as we are as a state. Yeah, and with that support, it's kept a lot of people afloat and it's also been able to let us know how um, that there's some backing, mm. you know, how much people care about whether or not we stay in business. We felt supported, Karen. That's it. And and it's just about being supported, isn't it? Whether you've had an injury and you've been supported by a therapist or whether in this case you, your business has been hit by a pandemic and you've been supported. And that's what uh, a lot of business owners have said the same thing. And they've said that it has made such a big difference to how they have come through of late. So um, what a brilliant thing and what a nice hats off for you to give to Mark McGowan and the team here to say that as a small business owner, you wouldn't have survived without them. Yeah, absolutely. This is Coffee with Caro. You're on Coffee with Caro. It is 2.35pm. Grant, you have built Revivify Clinic up to this place where it's a safe place for people to go, where they can access all sorts of services. Uh, you did this in conjunction with a, a local partner as well, also a Rockingham-based firm. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that partnership and uh, what's in the future for you. So in, in terms of the partnership, I, my, the other business partner to um, Revivify Clinic actually owns the Gold's Gyms, ah. which has now five locations from Mandra to Rockingham and plans to grow a lot further. So those are very much community-based. Um, so in consultation with my business partner, we managed to, to build into what we are now, which has been really successful. Yeah. Fantastic. And again, um, with Gold's Gym delivering obviously all the physical stuff and all the sporting stuff, but none of that works if There's you don't so speak to a dietitian mm. and a physio and, you know, check your injuries and actually work on your body type to yeah. get the, the best outcome possible. So so Gold's Gym is a little bit more than, than a gym and, and that is very much community-based. If, mm. if we wanted to sort of compare the two, it's exactly what both business models do. I think Gold's Gym comes with the idea that it's a big gym with big muscly guys. Mm, mm, mm. It's simply not that. They can tailor from everything from, you know, the, the, the mum that's only got a few hours in the middle of the day to the bodybuilder, to the young person that's trying to get into health and fitness, right through to a personal trainer or mm. even a nutritionist being able to piggyback mm. off the back. It's all about giving back to the community. And yeah, that's or that heavily overweight 50-something-year-old radio presenter who has lots of lumps and bumps. <laughs> you are way too hard on yourself. <laughs> but yes, that is the answer. So where to from here for Revivify? So for the clinic, we, we've proven the business model, which is great. We've seen the back of a pandemic, which is absolutely excellent. We are growing. We're growing very quickly and looking for providers and staff members as we speak. In terms of how far we go, look, I'd like to see um, this model continue to challenge that status quo and grow throughout the state and possibly the nation if possible. For me, there is no limit to what we can do. If we can provide more and more and more and more back to the community, that's exactly what I'll do. I will not rule out any possibilities in the future in terms of growth, particularly when it lines up with those core values. In the Fantastic. Yeah. Did I hear you mention that you might have some vacancies coming up? We do, yeah. And looking for local, what, physiotherapists? We're looking, for a, looking um, for a female physiotherapist, which has experience with women's health, but probably looking for a female physiotherapist. We 
uh, have a remedial massage therapist that we need and, and some internal staff as well. We, we are growing fairly quickly. Um, Brilliant. Taking notes, listeners, taking mm-hmm. notes. This is what we love to do. We love to have local business owners come on Coffee with Cara and with them comes a couple of vacancies for uh, people in our community who are seeking to come back into the workforce, whether you've been off um, raising your own family or whether you're a victim of uh, the COVID pandemic. Here's a small business that uh, is local and that is looking to employ people so um, surely keep your eye open across their socials and uh, make sure that you pop onto their website there'll be further information regarding that as we go so for yourself Grant have you found that over the last 18 months to two years that it has satisfied in you that need that started with the car accident oh that's a big question has it satisfied? It's definitely it's definitely helped. I don't think I'm satisfied and I don't think I ever will because I constantly look for improvement. That's that's me as a person in my own personal journey as well as my business journey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, satisfying is probably a very strong word. It definitely feeds that sensation. However, I, I think there's so much more in the tank to give before I can sit back and go, I'm satisfied, yeah. Fantastic. You give me the perfect segue to ask you my final question before sure. I let you go today, Grant. What is on your heart to share with our community? What what should we be doing in terms of practical things that we can do to improve our mental health, our wellness, our fitness? What can you leave us with in terms of just some basic things that we can do at home, whether we come into the clinic or whether, you know, we're looking after young people? What's on your heart to share with us? Be kind. I think is the biggest thing. Be kind to yourself, be kind to other people, be kind to everyone else around you, and I think the results come from that. What a beautiful way to say goodbye. Thank you so much, Grant, from Revivify Clinic. I have not seen any questions come up on our Facebook page, so if any do come up in the short term, I will be pushing those through to Grant. You can find him at Revivify Clinic, and that's spelled R-E-V-I-V-I-F-Y Clinic, and they're in Port Kennedy. It's been a pleasure speaking to Grant Robinson, and he has shared with us his personal journey about health, recovery, well being and some of the challenges that he faced personally and professionally and how he's turned into a small business owner right here in our very own Rockingham who is creating success and changing the lives of people in our local community. Thank you so much Grant for being on Coffee with Caro. Thanks Caro. For the community, Inspire Radio.